The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Africa Business for Report is brought to you by SAA, the ones who fly SAA's growing route network, now flying to Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls and Vintook. Let's go to Diana Games, Chief Executive at the business consultancy Africa at Work. And we're looking at a falling Zim dollar. We're looking at rising inflation. And this feels like Groundhog Day, Zimbabwe style, Diana. <laughs> yeah, that's a, um, a good evening, Bruce. And um, yeah, that's a that's a perfect way to actually put it. We we are in a bit of a groundhog day, um, even though it's dramatic outside Zimbabwe. For inside Zimbabwe, the developments are, are you know just. I think people are so so sort of punch drunk from all these tossed, uh, t- twists and turns of economic policy over many years. But the, you know, there's just today there was uh, people commenting on Twitter that the. Zimbabwe dollar had actually declined from um, by more than 100% in the past month alone, moving from, um, I don't know if it's declined or going up actually, but uh, moving from 2000, from 1000 Zim dollars just a month ago to against the one US dollar to 2000 Zimbabwe dollars. Now that in effect is, you know, it's, it's just a crazy kind of shift. Um, it's not clear what's driving that. People talk about um, liquidity in the market is the government printing uh, money? Is is are there huge outflows? What what is happening? It's I couldn't get a clear picture on what is driving this because it is the, for for a while the, the the black market rate or the parallel rate and the official rate have pretty much been on par. The government has done a fairly good job of keeping those close together, but suddenly it's just started really drifting again. And of course, this is bad news for inflation. Although you know, in, inflation in Zimbabwe, as as with many other things, is not what it seems. And what's happened in in Zimbabwe is last year we saw inflation moving quite quickly out of control. It was up to, up to uh, nearly three hundred percent in in August um, last year. And what the government did is they the central bank introduced what they call a blended rate to measure inflation. Now you immediately know that this blended rate will bring inflation down because obviously that is the the, the reason they they've sort of come up with this plan. And and really what it is 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 to measure instead of measuring it on the local currency, they, it's a blended rate of the local currency and the U.S. dollar. And, and, you know, the economists say it is a better indication of economic conditions, um, given that so many transactions are in actually in U.S. dollars because of the weakness of the local currency and, and unavailability. But so what's happened is, is it's gone down from, say, 300 to 285, I think, percent in August last year. Um, all of a sudden in February, when the, just after this blended rate was introduced, it's now down to 92 percent and in March down again to 87 percent. So, um it's not clear. I mean, it might be that it starts rising again in the wake of, of this uh, currency um, issue, but it's just a, a peculiar thing. So so what you have now is a completely different measurement measurement of inflation and the government telling everybody what a good job it's done of reining in inflation. But actually the, the, the main thing that happens the trouble is the way they measure it. There's just no mm. credible statistical resource. I mean, you know, we know that Stats SA does a hell of a job under very, very difficult circumstances in South Africa with budgets being cut left, right and centre. You do need an enormous machine and a well-funded machine in order to get reliable statistics. And I'm not too sure whether Zimbabwe is on an even keel on that particular front. You know, well, the statistics are there, but I think that the political machinations behind the scenes are what people don't trust. You know, it's it's there's always um, something where the government doesn't have to change what it's actually doing in in a fundamental political way. 
So what they will do is paper over the cracks with all these different ways of measuring things. And sure enough, I mean, I think it is true to say that people are are doing a lot of transactions in U.S. dollars as well as Zimbabwe dollars um, because it's often easier or the rate is better. You know, there's there's about eight, more than eight different rates people use for, you know, for online, for for mobile transactions, for um, official rate, you know, the black market rate. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, cash, I don't know, all these different rates. So it's very hard to kind of keep track of everything. But um, it, it, ultimately, the, 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 the local currency will, will, will be a big driver of inflation because of the devaluation that's sort of that's always lurking in, around. But now the other interesting thing, though, linked to this is because the, the inflation rate has gone down quite remarkably, if, again, you know, if you, if you strip out that background, um, the government is now starting to cut interest rates. And I think it is one of only two countries in Africa so far that are actually cutting interest rates. As we know, everybody else is putting them up. But the interest rate has been cut from about 200% um, a few months ago. And it's still now with the cuts at, at 140%. So it's still extremely high. So it's a convoluted story. I think that, <laughs> I mean, I think we I always sort of get back to that where after talking about the Zimbabwe um, economy, that it, it is a convoluted story and, and people just have to roll with the punches. I mean, it's just, um, uh, you know, it's it's whatever the authorities do, people are on it, but it has a huge impact on businesses trying to source goods from outside the country, you know, the rate at which they, um, that, that, they that they're using or that the government sometimes forces them to use and so on. <clears throat> so, it's, it's probably, you know, if this if that slide continues, it'll have a, a very big impact. It should have a big impact on inflation. We'll see whether the government sort of allows that. Yeah. But um, Things, uh, it certainly will have a big uh, thing on business, big impact there, on business. There was a wonderful story during the rounds yesterday of a maize crop out of Zimbabwe. So good are the estimates that Zim could be lining up for maize exports this year, which is going to be a first since the land grabs began under Robert Mugabe when they began. Um, You know, for all of its dysfunction and high-level breakdown, again, Zimbabwean people seem to be overcoming the worst of those obstacles and somehow, like many South Africans, simply making a plan. Well, there are very high levels of resilience, and I say people people are, are have spent so long um, managing the, these these issues that yeah, I think people are, are, are you know a lot of people are just getting on with stuff. I, I did hear the president of Zimbabwe um, talking about the maize um, uh, crop and how they were looking at exports um, at, at a conference late last year, um, and and you know he was saying that he's actually a farmer, you know, when he's not being a president. So um, he has an interest in this this area, but he was saying that they had really put their shoulders to the wheel and and to push this um, this maize and I think wheat as well to in, in particularly in in the wake of COVID and the Ukraine war and the f- food shortages and so on. So agriculture, you know, does seem to be to be going well, and and of course there was the a lot of interest in gold and they are high, the exports of gold are high. I mean, I'm not going to go into the. The, the documentary that's doing the round on the smuggling issue and the gold mafia. Yeah. I don't know if you've discussed that on we any have, of your we, shows. We, but we've, we've touched on it. And again, I mean, these these documentaries are absolutely great, but they tell, you know, by necessity, only a very small part of a much bigger story. Yes. Yeah, so the gold, you know, gold is one of the sort of backbone of the economy. But I think it's true to say that there there is still a lot of money, um, sort of uh, uh, crime money, if you can put it that way, that's moving through Zimbabwe. Um, you do hear a lot of stories about that. But that's not to say that a lot of things are not working. I think Zimbabwe is always interesting because, as I said, it's resilient. 
there's there's always pockets of of excellence um in you know this move to mobile money this uh, huge shift to eco cash for example it has become which is which is um econet wireless's um uh, mobile transaction sort of packages i mean that's become a tra- it's become a currency on its own it's one of the eight currency things that i mentioned eight or so um and things like that there's high levels of of um of uh, creativity and so on as a result of all these problems so a lot of the things that are happening in zimbabwe are as a result almost spurred on by the by the by the dysfunction um uh, in addition to being affected by it in a negative kind of way so there's also now the government's looking at introducing a, a gold backed digital currency to stabilize the local currency so we'll see there's always a new story coming out no exactly and a new scheme and a new attempt and uh, again not a cohesive strategy but rather trying to uh, pushing for stop gaps um, all the time we did see south african banks lose quite a lot of money in ghana in the last uh, financial year we're now seeing Nigerian banks beginning to report the losses they've incurred in Ghana. The debt crisis there is really weighing on businesses that have trusted the Ghana growth story. Well, the thing with Ghana is it's always been um, sort of up and down. You know, one minute it's the star of Africa, you know, Africa rising. It was, it was at the center of that whole <clears throat> that narrative, etc. But it, then it plummets down and then it pulls itself up again, normally goes to the IMF, which helps it out of the hole. And it, then, it, then it sort of shines again. And then next thing you know, there's another crisis. So it does kind of lurch from crisis to crisis. But in between those times, it has always been a, a good investment play. It's it always seemed to be. Um, a good investment play for for um, for ba- for investors from from inside and outside the continent. Now I don't know whether this would would show that I think it's going to take a long time to to get a lot of investors to trust it again after this you know this uh, t- attempt to restructure thirty billion of its uh, dollars of its um, you know public debt um, as a precondition for this three billion dollar IMF loan which has now been granted. So yes, we had the thing of South Africa's banks quite lo- a large exposure to this problem. Um, I think $270-$80 million. Um, and now we've seen the reporting season from the Nigerian banks coming through. Now, Nigeria has five of its biggest banks have subsidiaries in, in uh, Ghana. And there's a lot of, you just see Nigerian brands all over Ghana. So obviously now that's that's starting to show another kind of leg, if you like, of this of this ripple effect from the from the Ghana story. Um, you know, there's different, there's different, it's not clear, the picture's not clear yet because only a few banks have, have actually reported so far. But, um, you know, there's a figure that says they incurred about $600 million uh, losses on the default. But actually then Fitch has said that there's no material losses, but the debt restructuring will, will um, weaken the subsid- subsidiaries capitalization. So I'm not quite sure at this stage where it is. And maybe the picture will become clearer as these banks um, start start reporting. But I think there's, and, and they're already saying we're going to move out of Ghana. We're looking at other emerging markets, et cetera. So it's going to take Ghana a while to recover from this. You know, it's uh, even with the, with the IMF holding its hand. And then just a final thought, if we can, that Africa Continental Free Trade Area Business Forum, it was a big shindig in Cape Town last week. I expressed some concern that we seem to be having so many of these uh, of, of these uh, various gatherings. I'm uncertain as to their efficacy, I think is the most polite I can be about this. 
<laughs> well, I'll just say one thing. Really, I was at the at the conference, and um, yes, there was a lot of a lot of hype, a lot of you know, holding hands together, good news, all of this kind of thing. I think that there's a there's a real thirst for knowledge about what is happening under this African free trade area. So much goodwill, so much enthusiasm, but I don't think people really ever accepted that it was going to be a long, slow procedural slog. And so I think that the business forum is is was really a way to revive enthusiasm in this to to highlight things that have been happening, a lot of money going into it from African Development Bank, African Bank, those kind of people, a lot of creative models um, and 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 things that are coming through, strong messaging on standardizing and harmonizing regulations, et cetera, across borders. But again, you know, we start running into the same problems we've always had, and that is the the, the sovereign kind of issues, you know, governments want to keep themselves to themselves. They don't want to share things across borders. They want the way, you know, they say we've got our own problems. We want to do uh, have our regulations protecting us and not worrying about what's happening next door. So I think there's I think we're still in for a long slog, but it was quite heartening to see in between all the fluff um, that there were some some uh, some real things happening, like the Pan-African uh, payment settlement system is apparently going quite well. Um, they, they're on a pilot study in West Africa and have brought, um, you know, the, the moving of money from Five, four or five days through correspondent banks down to uh, a daily clearance and things. We can talk about that maybe in another show. But um, so, yeah, it was a hard thing to see. I think there's a lot of things happening, but I think people just wanted the, the feel good. They wanted to feel this thing is still on track because there's so, so much hype around it. That, that would be my takeaway. Thank you so much to uh, Diana Games, who is Chief Executive at the Business Consultancy Africa at Work.